let me tell you about sweat sweat block. Um, you know, I know sweating is uh, embarrassing. Not a fan of it. You're probably not either, unless you're really weird. Uh, you know, then maybe you get off on it. But me, no, not exactly. Uh, and I live about eight months into the uh, of the year in um, what I'd like to describe as the inside of a volcano. <laughs> Uh, and so I, you would think that I would sweat a lot and I used to sweat a lot, but I don't now because I use sweat block wipes once a week at night. And it's, it's unbelievable. I, you know, you you think of deodorant and you think of a world without it. This is like that dramatic in the opposite way. This is like, it's totally different than what you're used to. You wipe them under each arm and you're done for like a week and you don't sweat you don't smell it's amazing sweat block it's sweat block wipes now for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com use the promo code beck and you'll save 20 percent sweatblock.com promo code beck or you can just find the sweat block wipes on amazon We have breaking news. Breaking news in from the Washington Post. We now know who the leaker was. I'm going to give you a hint. He likes God. He likes guns. That's all I'm going to tell you right right now. I, I mean, could be left, could be right. We don't know. But he likes God and guns. We know that. I'll tell you all about him here in 60 seconds. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's technically not impossible, but it's really hard to have a bad day when you're walking around in really comfy slippers. A pair of slippers that you can get now for 25 bucks at MyPillow.com. They are having a massive closeout sale uh, and use the promo code BECK. You'll get the all season slippers for just 25 bucks. I got to... Sarah, would you write this down? I think about it every time I do this commercial and then I get sidetracked. I probably like you. I got to buy a bunch of these. They're 25 bucks. They're so comfy. And, uh, you know, I might be doing some Christmas shopping a little early as well. They're really great. Usually they're $149. Uh, it's like $120 in savings. My slippers, patented foam inside. They're really comfortable. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special squares. Grab a pair of all-season slippers. You can wear them outside, wherever, for $25. Regularly, $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs per checkout. 10 pairs per checkout. Uh, okay, I know. I'm, I'm seeing how to work the game. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. Incredible slippers. Incredible offer. Right now, MyPillow.com. Stu, this from the Washington Post. 
A story that has one unidentified source. Oh, an entire unidentified yes, source? Yes, wow. one nameless source. Mm. But they feel pretty good about it. Okay, good. Now, they don't feel good about <laughs> Seymour Hirsch and his one identified source. That's immoral. It's wrong against mm. all journalistic standards. Except this time with the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. The man behind the massive leak of the U.S. government secrets that is exposed spying on allies revealed the grim prospects for Ukraine's war with Russia and uh, ignited diplomatic fires for the White House is a young, charismatic gun enthusiast who shared highly classified documents with a group of far-flung acquaintances searching for companionship amidst the isolation of the pandemic. You like, what, what year is this story from? What do you mean the isolation of the pandemic? What, what? Well, when they got together, that's when they, they all got together. Okay, in that's this when group. they yeah. met. Okay, yeah. so they, they did meet several yeah. years ago. Now, they were united, according to the Washington Post. They were united by their mutual love of guns, military gear, and God. A group of roughly two dozen, mostly men and boys, formed an invitation-only clubhouse in 2020 on Discord, an online platform popular with gamers. But they paid little attention last year when the man, some called OG, posted a message laden with strange acronyms and jargon. The words seemed unfamiliar to the group, and a few people read the long note. One member explained, It was pretty boring. But he revered OG, the elder leader of their tiny tribe, who claimed to know secrets that the government withheld from ordinary people. Mm. The young member read OG's message closely, and the hundreds more that he said followed on a regular basis for months. They were, he recalled, what appeared to be near-verbatim transcripts of classified intelligence documents that OG indicated he had brought home from his job on a, quote, military base, which the member declined to identify. OG claimed he spent at least some of his day inside a secure facility that prohibited cell phones and other electronic devices. I mean, it could have been a movie theater. I don't know. It could, uh, this room could be used to document the secret information housed on government computer networks or spooling out from printers. He annotated some of the hand typed documents. Spooling? What, what are they, a dot matrix printer? Spooling? Yeah. <laughs> it's the government. <laughs> That's a, yes. Yes, you're right. It's the it's government. Probably, they probably got a printer in they 1987, do. Right. and they're still using it. Uh, and what military base has this? I mean, this stuff is highly, highly classified. You're not going into a military base and like, I'm just going to log on to the secret parts of the military. (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. The member said uh, he was translating arcane intel speak for the uninitiated, such as explaining that no foreign meant information in the documents so sensitive it must not be shared with foreign nationals. The members swapped memes, offensive jokes, and idle chit-chat. They watched movies together, joked around, and prayed. But OG also lectured them about world affairs and secretive government operations. He wanted to keep us in the loop, the member said, and he then seemed to think that his insider knowledge would offer the others protection from the troubled world around them. 
He's a smart person. He knew what he was doing when he posted these documents, of course. They weren't accidental leaks of any kind, said the member. The transcribed documents OG posted traversed a range of sensitive subjects that only people who had undergone months-long background checks would be authorized to see. There were top-secret reports about the whereabouts and movements of high-ranking political leaders, tactical updates on military forces, the geopolitical analysis, insights to foreign government efforts to interfere with elections. If you could think it, it was in those documents. In those initial posts, OG had given his uh, fellow members a small sip of the torrent of secrets that was to come. When rendering hundreds of classified files by hand proved too tiresome, he began posting hundreds of photos of documents themselves, an astonishing cachet of secrets that had been steadily spilling into public view over the past week, disrupting U.S. foreign policy and aggravating America's allies. Now, this account of how detailed intelligent documents intended for an exclusive circle of military leaders and government decision makers found their way into and out of OG's closed community is based in part on several lengthy interviews with the Discord group member who spoke to the Washington Post on the condition of anonymity. He is under 18. He is a teenager. The Post obtained consent from his mom to speak to him and record his remarks on video. He asked that his voice not be obscured. Wow. So we've got a teenager who is the unidentified source, but they did talk to his mom. Dozens of highly classified documents have been leaked online, revealing sensitive material, blah, blah, blah. The Post also reviewed scores of additional secret documents, most of which have not been made public. Um, so this is the Post reported revealed that a man in his early mid-20s allegedly shared them with members of an invitation-only Discord group. Um, he said, let's see, um, the documents revealed profound concerns about the war's trajectory and Kiev's capacity to wage a successful offensive against Russian forces. According to the Defense Intelligence Agency assessment among the leaked documents, negotiations to end the conflict are unlikely during 2023. The files include summaries of human intelligence on high-level conversations between world leaders. How could somebody on a military base just get into this? I mean, if this is all true, and I... It sounds pretty true. Uh, at least it sounds like the beginning of the truth. How did this guy get this? If he's working on a military base, how, how did he get? How did he get access to all of these things? That seems to be a problem. Uh, the files include summaries, human intelligence. Uh, it includes intelligence on both allies and adversaries, including Iran and North Korea, as well as Britain, Canada, South Korea, and Israel. <sighs> okay. He released detailed charts of, charts of battlefield conditions in Ukraine, highly classified satellite images of the aftermath of Russian missile strikes, 
Uh, others sketched the potential trajectory of North Korean ballistic nuclear missiles that could reach the United States. Another featured photographs of the Chinese spy balloon that floated across the country in February, snapped from eye level, probably by a U-2 spy plane, along with a diagram of the balloon and the surveillance technology attached to it. So this guy, I have to tell you, I don't know what his motivation was. Um, the the kid says that he he had these access to these classified documents. He was telling the group that he was preparing them for the world that they're living in because the government is lying to them. Now, I don't know if he was grooming these kids. Uh, I, I, I mean, at this point, with what we know, don't write off that it was a FBI agent who is acting as a military official who had access that was dumping these online to get this group of kids who loved God and guns in their country to react. Now, this kid seems um, really level headed. He said he's not a Russian operative. He's not a Ukrainian operative. The room on the server where he posted the documents was called Bear versus Pig, meant to be a snide jab at Russia and Ukraine, and an indication that OG took no sides in the conflict. OG had a dark view of the government, the young member said, as he spoke of the United States, and particularly law enforcement and the intelligence community. As a, quote, sinister force that sought to suppress its citizens and keep them in the dark, he ranted about government overreach. Now, when I hear that, I don't think this guy was doing what he did was heroic. I don't think, I mean, the kid says he wasn't a whistleblower, but I do agree that our government is out of control. The problem is law enforcement and the intelligence community, uh, they are suppressing information and they are suppressing people. OG told his online companions that government hid horrible truths from the public. I believe that to be true. He claimed, according to the members, that the government knew in advance the white supremacists intended to go on a shooting rampage at a Buffalo supermarket in May 22. The attack left 10 dead, all of them black, and wounded three more. OG said federal law enforcement officials let the killings proceed so they could argue for increased funding. A baseless notion that the member said he believes and considers an example of his penetrating insights about the depth of government corruption. Was there any documentation on that? Right. Or is this yeah. what I mean, what was Again, that? I, you know, we started this making fun of them for having one unnamed source. It's hard to know how much of this no, no, is no. real. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and what the motivations are aren't on anybody. Mm hmm. Um, Discord servers uh, eventually named Thug Shaker Central um, signaled uh, to members that they were free to hurl epithets and crude jokes. Uh, the young member expressed some regret for their behavior, but seemed to shrug off the offensive remarks as a clumsy attempt at humor. That's much more serious than these leaked documents. I know. How can we cancel these people for the bad jokes they probably made online? He told the Washington Post this wasn't a fascist recruiting uh, server. Think of that. A kid, teenager, is saying that to the Washington Post. Right. Okay. okay. Again, like... 
what they want so badly to frame this in a certain way that they're like well we've got a 12 year old or sorry 13 he's a teenager a 13 year old could be 18 could be 18 could be 19 even and he's going to called his mom he's okay (laughs) he's going to explain to us what is and is not a fascist recruiting operation like what I mean, is this journalism? So listen to this. The member said he is confident the authorities will find OG. He recently talked to OG and he said he knew what he had done. He said, I didn't mean to put anybody in harm's way. And he sobbed on the phone. He then said he's confident the authorities will find him. But when they do, he won't be charged. Instead, he believes OG will be imprisoned without due process at Guantanamo Bay or (laughs) disappeared to a black site if he's not assassinated for what he knows. He says he will not divulge OG's identity or location to law enforcement until he's captured or can flee the United States. I think uh, I might be detained eventually. I think there might be a short investigation on how I knew this guy, and they'll try to get something out of me. They'll try to threaten me with prison time if I don't reveal his identity. To date, no federal law enforcement official has contacted the young group member. What? Asked why he was prepared to help OG even at the risk of his own freedom, the young man replied, he was my best friend help he went to the washington post and is telling them all these details about him that's not help i don't know and why hasn't the fbi contacted contacted him him. i don't know what to think about this story i I can go anywhere honestly here from this kid is playing a prank on the washington post yep all the way to everything he's saying is true to Uh, it's an fbi cia plan right i mean you can go anywhere anywhere. that's how little credibility Mm -hmm. the washington post has the federal government has and people have nobody has any credibility left it's it's crazy um all right back in just a second american financing is our sponsor nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org one of the hallmarks of the american way has always been assorted rugged individualism to stand up straight be responsible take care of yourself and your family if you owe a debt you pay that debt you like to pay that debt um now you're also paying a lot 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 more than you expected to pay if you have a credit card that has an adjustable more adjustable rate which they all do and that rate is in the 20s now and is going to go much much higher if you're dealing with debts right now and you're fiscally responsible. I want you to just to look in to see if this is right for you. It may not be right for you, but do your own homework. Get independence, financial independence. American Financing can help you. A family-owned mortgage company that's in it for you. They are saving people about $695. It's $700 a month. Those are the people who are doing business with them. An average of $700 a month. You could also end up being able to delay up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. So whether you're buying a new home or you're having problems with debt, they're there to help you. American Financing. Call them for all the information and do your own homework. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. Uh, We have Chris Stewart on um, coming up in just a second. He is 
um, on many different uh, committees in Congress. He is um, he is also um, an amazing. He's just an amazing guy. He is on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, the Appropriations Committee, the Select Subcommittee uh, on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. We have a lot to talk to him about. And he's a member of several Discord forums where he posts. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Not supposed to. Oh, no. yeah. We just call him OG. I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm sure so, he's going to appreciate that. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have it. They're, they're, they're like, yes, we finally have him. Um, we have him coming up in just a second. And I don't know if you saw this, but the bank records, uh, from the Chinese bank, Cathay bank, um, you know, they, the, the select committee for the weaponization of government, and they're looking in now to all of the Hunter Biden stuff and the ties to China. Um, they, uh, the committee went and asked all of the banks, we want your records on any business with Hunter Biden. And all of the banks said, no. And then they call the Chinese bank in Los Angeles and the Chinese bank and say, hello. Yeah. Uh, we'd like the Hunter Biden. Yes, we got him. We're going to send them right <laughs> Wait, to you. We didn't even ask for that. Well, <laughs> we're okay. sending them to you. They're already in the mail. They're already there. Uh, they were more than happy. Now, could that be a message to the White House? Chinese bank is turning over all of this information. Mm. Now, the White House responded, that's ridiculous. We've been really harsh on China. I mean, we blew up their balloon. I mean, uh, we, we let it have its run across the country right. first, but we eventually got to blowing up their balloon. And that was probably more expensive than the giant Air Force base that we gave them in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is we made sure to do it during the daytime so you could see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, there you go. So um, they are um, they're uh, looking into Hunter's Bank. China is flexing its muscles. Um, and our allies are starting to back away from us. France has just said, yeah, we don't have anything to do with Taiwan and China. It doesn't, it, it's not a European concern at all. Really? I, I wish we would say that about Ukraine. That's really not a U.S. concern at all. Um, but, hey, we've been restored our image And our credibility on the world stage has been repaired, thank God. We talked to Chris Stewart about what's really going on in just a few. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about those people that are born service people you know the type that you run across them occasionally and they're the go-to people they're the kind of people who don't want to sit around for the fire department to save the cat out of the tree they're somebody with initiative and a drive to just make life better and easier these are the people that we look for when we're looking for real estate agents all across the country to recommend to you realestateagentsitrust.com realestateagentsitrust.com we talk to real estate agents we have a waiting list of oh i don't even know what it is it's over 10,000 now 
um, and people that want our you know recommendations to give them. We, we don't we don't have an enormous staff. We're not going to do this higgledy piggledy. We spend hours vetting these guys and then tracking them through all of the closings to make sure everybody is happy. So when you contact us, we'll give you somebody who's going to work hard for you and really serve you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV by using the promo code STANDUP. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We have Congressman Chris Stewart on with us. Uh, hello, Chris. Always good to have you on. Good morning, Glenn Beck. Um, you are, of course, a national award-winning author. You're really good. I tried to hire you as a as a writer, and then you're like, no, I think I should go to Congress. What a mistake that was. Uh, you're a world record uh, Air Force pilot. Uh, you are a former owner and CEO of a small business, and now you're in Congress, and I'm sorry for that. Um, Chris, yeah. um, you are on all kinds of uh, committees, and, uh, and I've got all kinds of questions. So let me start with the latest. Did you read the Washington Post today? Uh, not yet. This okay. morning, what did I miss? So they say that, well, they have one source— uh, and it's a kid, but they did talk to his mom before they put him on record. Uh, a kid says that he knows who the leaker is. He was a guy in this group of about a dozen kids, and uh, he worked on a military base uh, and would go in and just leak these documents to the kids. Uh I find that a, a little strange, um, but I wanted to ask you because he worked on a military base and he said he had access to documents and servers that he could get in and see all these secrets. Um, how hard is that with the documents that you know and I know have come out? How hard would what kind of classification would you have to have? And do we have those kinds of skiffs on military bases that would allow access to anything? Yeah, well, a couple things, Glenn, if I could. Number one is you said, did I read the Washington Post this morning? I got to tell you, I don't read the Washington Post most mornings. Yeah. <laughs> not a trusted, right, okay. not a trusted yeah. source of information. So, you know, let's, uh, let's at least consider that. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is that I, I think there's probably two elements of, of this that are worth commenting on. Number one is that uh, most of the stuff that we've seen, in fact, all of it is, is classified uh, top secret which is actually one of the lowest classifications. <clears throat> so it probably, there's thousands of people who probably had access to a lot of these documents. Okay. And the second thing, Glenn, is that the whole presumption of the classification, number one is we overclassify a lot of things, and that's another topic, but some of these things, if you read them, you think, well, that doesn't seem terribly classified and seems actually fairly obvious. And I think that's the case with some of these documents, although not all of them. But my point is, is that the whole, whole process only works if there's a presumption of, of trust. And of course, there's some people that you can trust and you shouldn't trust, but it seems to me like there was a breakdown more broadly, and that is uh, someone somewhere had enormous access and 
And uh, over a long period of time, and it seems like with just extraordinary ease, was able to have access to these documents and then walk out of the building with them. They didn't, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, break down through computers and get electronic access. It looks like they had physical access things and actually were walking around with them. That is actually quite surprising to me. So we're seeing now um, with China, some of the leaks are about China um, and us not being able to um, have war with them. Um, the The Taiwan thing, where are we headed on that? Is, is China, I mean, if I were China with this president and this Pentagon, Man, I would I would if it looks like somebody else is going to win the White House, man, I would make my moves right now on Taiwan. Um, well, can they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're close to that. They're not quite where they want to be militarily, <clears throat> but militarily isn't military isn't the only consideration that they have. One of the primary considerations, of course, is what you just indicated. What do they estimate the United States will do? What do they estimate the response of the leadership and the president of the United States would be? And it's very, very clear. <clears throat> and everyone talks about Afghanistan, but you really just can't overemphasize the importance of that, Glenn. I mean, I've, as I've traveled around the world since then, I hear it all the time. And not just from our friends, but from our adversaries as well. I mean, they look at that and they just go think what, what fickle, naive, weak leadership that was. And by the way, it's not just President Biden, it's General Milley, it's General Austin. Oh, I know. They're the ones who presided over that. I know. And so there's no question that President Xi looks at that and goes, well, maybe now is the time. And if I could share one one personal experience I had, I was on another interview and, I, and they asked me, you know, well, what's the timeline? I said, well, it's hard to say, the analysts, of course, predicting the future, but I said, I think it's probably four to six years. And, and that weekend, I was called by a former, the former National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien, a friend of mine. And he said, no, Chris, I think it's probably closer to two years. And then uh, an, an hour later, I got a phone call from another a very, very senior military officer who called me and said, Chris, I think you're wrong. I think it's closer to two years. Having been in the region recently, this much is very, very clear. China is preparing for war against the United States in, in over Taiwan in the South China Sea. They're preparing urgently. And I don't think the timeline is a, is a, a decade for sure. It's probably not five years. It probably is sometime between now and the next election. Uh, the, what does that mean for us, Chris? What, what does a world with the United States at war with China and most likely with Russia. What does that look like? Yeah, and that's, then that really is a key question. What does that mean to us? I was in Ukraine last week and, and you know, left there. Well, it was an interesting, interesting trip. I'll tell you that, Glenn. But one of the impressions I left there with was to those of us here in the United States who, who we've sent them, as you and I have talked about, tens per perhaps more than a hundred billion dollars but most americans they you know they they may say okay well we want to support that it's a lot of money but as far as it affects how we live day to day it does not i mean we we're completely unaware of it now president biden will blame the price of fuel on the war in ukraine but that's nonsense that's not the, the reason for that it's because of his own policies but when when and if there is a war in the, in over taiwan 
every single one of us will feel it every single day. And I'll give you one illustration. There's recent analysis that said we would have a 9% reduction in our GDP the first year from only from the inability to access the chips and and especially the exquisite chips. 9%, the the Great Depression reduction in GDP the first year was 7.5%. Oh, my gosh. And Glenn, that doesn't count because we haven't yet finished the analysis on the reduction in GDP from the fact that you're not going to have container ships leaving China and coming to the United States or coming to the West. We're just simply not going to continue to trade with them. So when you ask, what does it mean? I mean, the economic consequences of this are hard for us to imagine. Chris, why are we not having these conversations? Why Why is it? It just seems like everything just happens they just continue on with their, I think, diabolical plans, um, and and nothing nothing happens. I mean, Merrick Garland. I know you're on the weaponization uh, committee. Merrick Garland has lied, lied to the committee uh, about you know who they're surveying or surveilling and who they're trying to rope in as uh, as FBI informants. He said we're not doing this with Catholics. We're not targeting. And now we find out that, yeah, yeah, they they are targeting Catholics Um, and he's not going to pay a price. When does someone pay a price for any of this stuff? Mm. Yeah, Glenn, I've been asking myself that question for six years because you go back to the initial Russian hoax and the fact that uh, Director Comey lied to Congress again and again and again. And then listen, when he was finally put under oath under deposition, you may remember Something like 257 times he says, you know, I don't remember. Well, that's nonsense. Of course he remembers. I mean, that would, that's a non-responsive witness. If that would have been anyone else, they would have been charged with perjury for saying that. Uh, what about McCabe? What about Lisa Strzok? What about, uh, I mean, uh, or Peter Strzok? I mean, you go down the list, it just keeps going. And, and all the time we're asking, where is the accountability? Now, there is some good news, and I don't want to be Pollyannish about this, but it, but it is actually, I think, a, a positive step forward. And that is we have, to, we have to reauthorize 702 and FISA this fall. And we're simply not going to do it. And, and, as, and as strong as an advocate as I am for national security, as, as someone who understands the value of intelligence, I would rather lose the tool then have the tool continue to be uh, weaponized and continue to be used against the American people. Oh so gosh, there's Chris. a number of us in Congress who are saying we simply won't reauthorize this unless there's enormous reforms put in place first. And it's one of the primary things we're concentrating right now on the Intelligence Committee. Oh, man, I, I hope you're I hope you guys stand firm on that. And I mean, it would have to be enormous reforms because uh, that 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 whole thing is a cesspool. Um, and with these leaks, the story out today is that uh, Biden is looking again at, uh, you know, different ways he can monitor and capture all of the information on the Web and surveil. Uh, I mean, we know what they're doing against the United States, uh, the people of the United States. Two, two thoughts, Glenn, if I could. Number one, as you may know, that we uh, subpoenaed, uh, you know, the, the director and others yesterday on the Weaponization Committee regarding this absurdity of targeting Catholic dioceses, Catholic congregations. I mean, show me any reasonable person in the country who thinks that one of the 
one of the threats to our security are, are believing Catholics, for heaven's sakes. It's, it's beyond absurd. Um, and and that's, that's good. I mean, we, we need to bring them in under oath once again and, and have an ability to question them. But the second point, Glenn, that you bring up is this. You know, the United States has government has extraordinary powers to surveil by themselves, but they also have brought in the entire industry around them. Yes. Uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, as a partner. And if, for example, it's illegal for the United States to assassinate someone, they can't target a foreign leader, for example, and and tell the CIA, go and assassinate that person. That's illegal. They can't do it. But if they hired someone to do that and they did it for them, it would be exactly the same thing. And it would still be illegal. And that's what the government has done essentially with surveillance and with suppression of free speech, with the, with the weaponization of many of these tools is they don't do it themselves. They go to these tech companies and say, we want you to do it for us. And we're going to compel you. We're going to intimidate you. We're going to threaten you. Now, they don't have to threaten them very often or very hard because it turns out these tech companies are more than willing to do this in the United States government. But the fact they com- that they work with a partner is still is still offensive and wrong as much as if they had done it themselves. And, and once again, it's one of the things that we're trying to address and trying to expose. So one one more question. I've only got about 90 seconds max on this. But um, tell me, uh, are we standing firm on Congress um, bringing back the power of the purse? Are we going to fold yeah. again? Yeah, we'll we'll see, Glenn. I mean, you've got the Republican House, and many of us are saying that is the only tool that we have. And in fact, it, it is. is the only tool that we really have. And that is to say, we're just not going to fund you. Uh, but we don't control the Senate. So the House is going to push a lot of these things. For example, I'm not going to give a penny to the new FBI headquarters until uh, Christopher Ray comes in and answers a boatload of questions. And Under oath in a way where he has to go to jail. You know, you, you know, uh, you just said Comey answered, you know, I don't remember when he was under oath. Well, he was under oath in Congress, but nobody cares. Nobody cares yeah. about that oath, it seems. Yeah, it does. It, it is. It is. Seems like that's something different. But back to the original question, Glenn, is the House is going to is going to defund some of these efforts. And and I think we're going to be broad and deep in some of those. But of course, then that that budget goes to the Senate and we'll see what Schumer does because, well, well, you know what, what he'll do and he won't. And that's where the fight is going to take place. And that's the, well, you know, we won't know the answer to that until sometime this summer mm-hmm. or this fall when we actually have to fund the government and we'll see how strong Republicans will stand. Chris, thank you very much. I uh, can't imagine being any of you guys who are trying to do your best uh, in Washington. I, I just can't imagine the frustration, well, but Thank you. Glenn, I should I should have I should have taken a job and come and worked with you. Right? <laughs> I know you should have. <laughs> Huge mistake. I told you. Uh, all right, Chris. Thank you so much, Representative Chris Stewart. Let me tell you about uh, preborn. This is something near and dear to my heart um, because we adopted a child that could have been aborted, but the mother was extraordinarily brave. She was a teenager. Rafe is an adopted kid, and I can't imagine life without Rafe. I just can't imagine it. This is the joy of adoption. 
And it is also the joy that happens when we save a baby from being murdered in the womb. Here's what Preborn does. Preborn is a ministry, and they actually care not just about the baby, but the baby and its life, how it's being raised, and the mother. And by showing mom the heartbeat and an ultrasound of her baby, it changes the outcome of life or death by about 80%. Now, 28 bucks is what it costs for an ultrasound. Could you help? We're trying to save, I think the number is 80,000 babies this year. Help us. Preborn.com slash Beck. Preborn.com slash Beck. Or you can just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Pound 250, keyword baby. Preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Don't you already have enough to worry about without adding something crazy like all of a sudden you're losing your home uh, to the list? I, I don't think you need to bother with that right now. It's probably enough on your plate. If you pay your taxes, if you keep your clothes on in public, if you're an upstanding citizen, you don't need to deal with home title fraud. But it is out there and it is real. It's not a joke. And cyber thieves can really, uh, really take over your home's title and then uh, take ownership of your house. Listen to one of the people who used to do this. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, what is calling you? After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. If you want that to be you, then you really need to look into getting home title locks protection for your home's title. Uh, home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it yet. So how do you protect yourself? Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Then you can register your address for no obligation home title report. It's a $100 value going on right now free at HomeTitleLock.com. The code is BECK. HomeTitleLock.com. Code BECK. Think about what he said about China, that a 9% drop in GDP, and that's only uh, one of the uh, factors that would bring our GDP down 9 percentage points. That is, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Um, now think about batteries. China has most of the capacity to build batteries for cars. We get a lot of the parts that we need and ingredients for batteries from China. What are we going to do with all these uh, brand new EVs? What are we going to do with those? Where are you going to get your electricity when coal runs out? When you have no more oil? This is insanity and Americans need to stand up in your own state. The Glenn Beck Program. I know sometimes people get celebrity crushes on certain actors. I mean, it's really silly. Um, on an unrelated note, uh, I'm in a movie, uh, but you should see it anyway. And uh, please try not to fall directly in love with me uh, when you see my two school bus sized face on the screen. It is 
holy, don't even look at the screen. When it's you and you see my set and it's like I'm towards the end, look down the whole time, okay? Look down. It's bad. Anyway, it's a good thriller. It's called Nefarious. I think the guy who plays Nefarious should get an Oscar. Uh, Really quite amazing. It is a disturbing film just based on the ideas of what it's talking about. And it's just a talk. It's just a, a demon talking about what we're doing to ourselves and how all of this is working. It's an amazing movie, Nefarious. It's coming to a theater near you. It is opening uh, tomorrow. Get your tickets. Whoisnefarious.com. So CNN has been forecasting doom for Fox News. They say it is over for Fox because the trial begins next week. Now, this week they are doing jury selection. I, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, I'm not sure what it means. Nothing good, but I'm not sure what it means. The worst case scenario is this will affect everyone's free speech i wanted to get bill o'reilly on to talk about a little bit of this because i'm gonna he's gonna be paying attention to this like nobody's business because this is what he does uh and uh i'd like him just to give us the updates as this trial goes on bill o'reilly joins me in just 60 seconds i look for quality quality at a good price in almost everything and meats I don't want the imported stuff. Yeah, I know it has the little, you know, product of the USA. That's not true. It could be shipped over here, dead or alive from China or Brazil. As long as they cut it here to the steak, then it's a product of the US. That's a lie. That is a lie. We gotta take care of our ranchers. We want the best meats and we wanna make sure it doesn't have any mRNA uh, vaccines in it if they start doing that. That's why you can trust good ranchers. They're going to lock in your price as well. Go ahead. Go to the go to the supermarket and say, hey, I want to pay the same price for this steak. You know, at the end of the year that I'm paying right now, will you lock in my price? No, no, they won't. But good ranchers will use the promo code back. You're going to get an extra twenty dollars off your box. Plus, you're going to get free bacon. Great meat, free bacon, $240 value. Every time a box comes in, you get more bacon. A secure price, bonus of 20 bucks, goodranchers.com. That's goodranchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. Bill, how are you, sir? I shouldn't even ask you because I know what you're going to say. 
No, you don't know what I'm going to say back. I'm yeah, full of good ideas today. I appreciate yeah. being on the uh, Glenn Beck show, the yeah, yeah. fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Yeah, well, that's what we are. Yeah. And then also sometimes Bill O'Reilly. Um, but um, and that's both right. Um, so, Bill, let's let's yeah. talk about what's going on. Uh, beginning, are they expecting the trial to start next week? We we should have the jury picked right by the yeah. end of this week. Yeah. Well, um, look. Anything could happen in these things, as you know. I mean, litigation is chaotic, but the judge in this case wants to move it along. And I, the jury is the jury in Delaware. Um, you know, both sides, uh, both lawyers on each side, they get to pick people that they feel don't know anything. And that's the truth. They don't want smart people on the jury who watch Fox News or may understand the core problem here. They want people who have no idea. So they're not biased. So and it's in it's in Delaware. Why is it in Delaware? Is Fox a because, Delaware corporation? Uh, the Dominion people are registered there. Okay. Most okay. many corporations are yeah, yeah. registered in Delaware because they have very low corporate taxes. Correct. All so right. Dominion, uh, the voting machine, just for you, and I'm sure most of your listeners know this. They say that their company got severely damaged. Because Fox News and Newsmax and One America, and there are lawsuits against those uh, two as well, um, lied about what the voting machines did in the 2020 election. And that is true. So the voting machines in Dominion, there hasn't been one shred of evidence produced that says those machines threw votes to Joe Biden. Right. And the Trump people, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, they were running around saying this. And Fox News gave them a forum, in many cases, unchallenged. So that is the heart of the lawsuit. Now, there's only one thing involved here, and this is what makes it fascinating. A reckless disregard for the truth. That's what the Dominion law lawyers have to prove to the jury that doesn't know anything. A reckless disregard for the truth. That means that when these guests appeared on Fox News, the interviewers and the hierarchy of Fox, Rupert Murdoch on down, all knew this was bogus. There was no solid evidence against Dominion. Okay. That would be a reckless disregard for the truth. So they allowed someone to come on, say false things unchallenged. Okay. So wait a minute, Bill. I can. I, well, I had Sidney Powell on and, uh, you know, I said, that's great. If you have that, you should produce it. Well, I am going to. Well, when you produce it, I'll have you back. Um, so that's not a reckless regard. Uh, no, that, that's a reasonable approach. Correct. Because- now, so the, the recklessness comes from because. I could have believed her, but I didn't because she would have produced some evidence. So right. I could have believed her. I might not have believed her, but I I could still have her on. The problem here with Fox is they had her on over and over and over again, right? Yeah, but it, it was more than that. So according to the depositions and the uh, internal documents that Dominion got from Fox, they had to hand them over. That at the same time, Sidney Powell and Giuliani and other people were saying that Dominion did X, Y, and Z. 
they knew that Dominion didn't do it. So, <laughs> I mean, um, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough to overcome, and that's what Fox's burden is. Now, a couple of other things you'll find interesting. There isn't one media operation in this country, not one, of any note that wants Fox to win this. They all want Fox to lose it and be destroyed because from day one, that's what the corporate media has wanted, destroy Fox News. Correct. Um, And number two, cameras in the courtroom are not there. That helps Fox. Because if the cross-examination of Rupert Murdoch and, he, and uh, Tucker Carlson and the other people, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. And if we're on camera, then that video would be everywhere. Now, the American people and world, anybody watching around the world, will have to rely on the print press primarily to tell them what's going on in the courtroom. Now, that's going to be brutal, too, but it's not as bad as seeing it with your own eyes. Correct. So what is this what does this mean not just to Fox, but if Fox loses, does this affect the rest of us? Not really, because I sat in that chair for more than 20 years at Fox. I didn't get sued ever. Um, because I put the opposite point of view on. If you had a provocative thesis or hypothesis that Dominion or anybody else was cheating in the election, I'll put you on, but I'll cross-examine you hard. That's what I do. But I'll also put the other side on, which isn't hard to do, Beck. That's not hard. So is that, if you is, do that, then there's no malice. So is that is how that CNN gets away and all the other media corporations get away with, you know, the whole um, Russiagate experience. They right. pounded that. But here's the difference. Okay. There was no monetary damage done to any person or corporation in Trump? the phony Russiagate thing. Trump? So some Americans could, and still to this day, statute of limitations not run out, you could file a class action lawsuit against CNN and NBC News. You could do that. It would cost you millions of dollars, so you'd have to get somebody to pay for it. But you could say that they, it's a fraud. That there's a reckless disregard for the truth on those networks because they promoted a phony story, Russian collusion. You could do that. But it's a lot harder to win that kind of a theoretical lawsuit Correct. than this one. Because of the monetary harm. Yeah. You, you've got to show damages. Dominion says they can show it. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. All but right. I think that, you know, the jury, the people who don't know anything, the only thing that they're going to focus in on is reckless disregard for the truth. So behind the scenes... Fox News commentator, whoever, said this, but on the show, they said that. Mm. That's going to be tough for Fox. What does it mean if Fox loses for them? Well, mass layoffs, number one, because they're going to take a huge hit. Remember, the jury 
can apply punitive damages against Fox in addition to the $1.6 billion. And they don't have to award Fox $1.6 billion. They can award, uh, I'm sorry, Dominion. They can award Dominion $800 million or whatever, okay? And then a judge can also temper the, the money. But you've got to assume that this is going to be, if they lose, FNC loses, they're going to pay an enormous amount of money. They've already paid more than $50 million in legal fees. Some of that is covered by insurance, but they're going to hemorrhage money. That's number one. So they'll have to lay off a ton of people over there. Um, And number two, it shatters them forever. Right. As being a legitimate news agency. Mm. Uh, But, But the core people who watch Fox, the older very conservative people will continue to watch. Right. They're not going to bail. They'll never bail. Well, the, because there's nowhere else to go. Right. And the audience keeps getting smaller and smaller on all cable news. Um, yeah, so particularly the younger audience. Yeah. Yeah. They're gone at Fox news. They never were existed on the others, but you mentioned CNN and the word doom. <laughs> CNN knows a lot about doom Beck. <laughs> <laughs> They keep seeming. They keep seeming to carry on. I don't know, but uh, they do. Bill, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again when the trial starts, uh, and uh, and get your take on it. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. You bet. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Our sponsor is Relief Factor Sleep. It's not very often, but every once in a while, the most irritating things in life turn out to be the easiest things to fix. For instance, sleep. Sometimes I just can't shut my brain off. And I am laying up staring at the ceiling and I'm thinking about all the things that I have to do and all of the things that are going on in the world. And then I just stare at the ceiling fan for a while. And I'm like, Argh! don't do that anymore. I don't do that. I used to take uh, melatonin. Eh, it was okay. I don't want to take any kind of drug because it just whacks you out and uh i hate that so take relief factor sleep they started developing this i've i've had it for about six months before they released it um and it's 100 drug free you don't feel it in your body i'll take it probably two times a week if i'm having a bad week i'll take it two times a week and it's really great you don't feel it in your body at all it just reduces anxiety and distress and improves your mood promotes relaxation and you have a great night's sleep unleash the power of great sleep naturally by calling 800 the number four relief 800 the number four relief call them now relief factor sleep at relieffactor.com 10 seconds station id Okay, Missouri is trending on Twitter today for some, I thought, some unknown reason. And I'm like, why is it Twitter? Did Missouri make some sort of offensive joke? Well, kind of. While debating legislation that bans gender-affirming care for minors, the bill's sponsor, Missouri State Senator Mike Moon, expressed his support for children as young as 12 getting married to each other. When pressed by state uh, state rep uh, Peter Meredith 
about a different bill Moon voted against in the past, which would make it illegal for adults to marry children. Moon doubled down on his support for underage marriage. Uh, Do you know any kids who have been married at the age 12? Because I do. And guess what? They're still married. Okay. I think he's talking. I mean, I'm hoping he's talking about two people that are 12 or maybe one's, you know, 13 or whatever, but not an adult marrying a 12 year old. Because otherwise I got to get my tooth out and polish it up and get my my banjo out and start singing some songs about 12-year-olds married to 30-year-olds. Uh, but I think he's just talking about two 12-year-olds. That used to be, by the way, the stereotype of what you would say for a 30-year-old married to a 12-year-old. I think we should start using Hollywood, though. Yeah. As the uh, Hollywood and musicians seem to be the ones really actually partaking in that particular activity. It's like, it's so great. She's 12. Uh, Okay, great. uh, (laughs) How many songs are written like that? There's such a weird collection of songs going back, hitting ages like 16. Yeah. 15 if pat were here he would and he he would, he would have them all he would have them all and he would also tell you the story of who's the was it who's the guitarist that basically imprisoned like oh, a 14 uh, year old for multiple years gosh, and like yeah, no one I ever know, did anything know, about I know, it I, I can't remember i don't want to say that i was going to say it that Jimmy name Page, okay well, maybe I, I don't know i don't know I, by the way anyone who's filing like a dominion based lawsuit you heard glenn say the name jimmy page i'm gonna not have Stu. a pro jimmy page is not a 12 year old you know <laughs> not a diddler uh, not a yeah, diddler not a diddler uh, we'll have that coming up mm-hmm. uh so anyway senate bill 49 passed in the republican controlled assembly by a vote of 106 to 45 with just two republicans voting against it along with the outnumbered Democrats. That is the gender-affirming care ban. The bill needs another House vote for it to move to the state Senate, which the Republicans also control by a 24 to 10 margin. So, that's good. I don't know any... Tw- you know any 12-year-olds that got married? Uh, not... not that are still together. Yeah, because sometimes together. those relationships fizzle when they yeah. hit those elder ages of 14 and yeah. 15. Yeah, well... You know, kids, they're so fickle. Trade them you know in for I mean? a new model is, right. is what they say. In I never thought and, I would be married to an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. I got to get rid of the old ball and chain. <laughs> Trade her in for a younger model. Uh, um, uh, I, I do believe we did a segment a while ago um, mocking some of the world, uh, rest of the world's laws. And mm-hmm. we, uh, there is an age of consent uh, law. And I want to say it's, again, I, if Saudi Arabia is listening, do not sue me for this if I'm wrong. But I think it was Saudi Arabia that has a 12 year old age of consent. Don't worry, they don't sue. Okay, yeah, they, they just don't put seem, you in a blender. They don't seem litigious. Yeah, I mean, I might go into a meeting and never walk out of it, but right. uh, you know, but I think it was a 12 year old age of consent in Saudi Arabia. So yeah. perhaps you know the Harvey Weinstein's uh, and all of his buddies should just Nothing move over wrong. there. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Uh, all right, let me uh, let me let me also uh, tell you about. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, trip over to uh, Ireland. It's been good. He's been doing well. Yeah. Do we have the clip of his speech? Here it is. As a matter of fact, as you walk into my office in the in the Oval Office in the United States Capitol. Really? The cap- what? Guess what? What? You know who founded and designed and built the White House? Who? An Irishman. That's a joke. No, not not a joke. Oh, it's not a joke. Not a joke. It's not a joke. Wow, because it was so I was was hilariously laughing there, and then he stopped me. He he, because I was like, "There's no way an Irishman could have done something like that." Well, 
An Irishman also responsible for all of our maps here in the U.S. Really? Rand McNally. Hello. Mm, great Hello. Point. Thank great you. And I, no joke. No oh, joke. Oh, I didn't think it was a joke. Yeah, yeah no, no joke. That seems very serious. He also uh, went on a, quote, walkabout. I love it when these cool, cool presidents go on walkabouts. And uh, he was on a walkabout, and uh, he went into a pub, and uh, he said, hey, uh, see my tie? Is this is this the clip of it? Do we have to play this clip? I see this tie I have with shamrock on this. This was given to me by one of these guys right here. <laughs> was a hell of a rugby player. Listen to the audience. Beat the black and tans. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but it was when you were at a, a soldier field, wasn't it? Game? Chicago. Chicago. And uh, yeah. after it was all over, uh, uh, he uh, gave my brother, allegedly for me, but if it wasn't, okay. I still took it. Stop. I still- uh, okay. The problem with that mm. is uh, he's trying to be so relatable. Um, the black and tans. No, it, it was a, a team called the all blacks because they wore all black, black and tans were the anti Irish police that, <laughs> uh, before I think they were disbanded in 1921 that used to beat up and kill or leave for dead the Irish people. Mm. Uh, so he's oh, got it a little, little- Mixed up, but he said his Irish heritage is so strong and he cares so much about so it. So strong. I will say, though, no joke. in his defense. Yeah. And, you know, the left never would never do this for us. They would never defend a Republican or a conservative uh, in a situation like this. No, but we we strive to be fair. Yes. And in that statement, he did not say not a joke. So we have to assume it was a joke. And that's why people were laughing fair. at him. I'm going to be even more fair. Hmm. OK. He's senile. Okay. He has no idea what he's even talking about. Well, sure. He shouldn't be near a microphone or a button of any Mm -hmm. kind. Mm -hmm. He should be sipping pudding out of a spoon held by someone else. Just trying to be fair. Give them the fairness that we'd like from the other side from time to time. You know, tell the truth. There it is. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Imagine if you lived entirely on food that it was like from McDonald's. Stuff that could sit on a shelf and not mold. Okay, And you lived on that every meal, every single day. Now, as a person who loves food, especially food with little to no nutritional value, my reaction would be jump at the chance, but I'm guessing it wouldn't go well. You know, I have diabetes a week into it. I'm guessing I would see the error of my ways. However, dogs, this is the way they live if you're feeding them kibble food. All the nutrition, everything is, is baked out of it because it has to sit on a shelf by law for two years. This is where naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black comes in. His solution was Rough Greens. It's a supplement that you put on top of the food full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, the things that makes your dog healthy and happy. You get your first bag of Rough Greens for free. It's a trial bag, ruffgreens.com slash back. You just pay for shipping and then watch the difference in your dog month after month. It's roughgreens.com slash back. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code stand up. You'll save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV.
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you're here today. We've got a, uh, a few really interesting stories for you today. First, let me tell you what's happening at glenbeck.com. At glenbeck.com, we have um, uh, some, some really, I say shocking because they come from Texas, shocking stories. Uh, on July 25th, 2020, Sergeant Daniel Perry, he was working as an Uber driver in downtown Austin, He was caught in a BLM protest and a group of BLM activists encircled his vehicle. And then Garrett Foster, one of the protesters, raised an AK-47 at Perry. Now, what would you have done? Perry takes out his handgun in self-defense and he shoots Garrett Foster. Would you have done the same? It seems rational, given those circumstances. You're afraid for your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, in Austin, you don't get that choice. Last week, Austin's prosecutor, Jose Garcia, who is a George Soros guy, won his case in char- charging Perry with murder. Now, Greg Abbott has promised to pardon Perry, uh, but in other states, you might not be so lucky. This is what happens when your district attorney is backed by George Soros. Your guilt is determined on your political affiliation, not by truth. And this could be you. 20% of the entire U.S. population is under the jurisdiction of a Soros-backed prosecutor. On glenbeck.com today, we have compiled a complete list of all-know-George-Soros-backed prosecutors based on the research we put together from the Capital Research Center. All of the major cities in Texas alone are under the jurisdiction of a Soros-backed prosecutor. Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin. Those are the big cities in Texas. All of them have a George Soros prosecutor. We have to make sure our cities are covered by district attorneys who prosecute by the standard of truth not political motivations. We, if we're going to fix this country, we have to fix it at the local and state level. Go to glenbeck.com now. See if your city falls under a Soros-backed prosecutor and then work to get them out of your uh, city. Okay. <clears throat> Let me tell you another story here. This is from the New York Post. It happened in a Target store. Carrie, uh, Karen Ivory. She is, she's gone shopping. She has a big cart of groceries, maybe two carts. They ring it up and it's a thousand dollars worth of groceries. And Karen looks at the cashier and says, that's an outrage. I want to see your manager. Okay. Well, the, the cashier goes to um, uh, her boss and says, can can you come? I have this lady. She's been talking crazy stuff. She's talking about reparations the whole time, but she wants to talk to you. So she's talking to the manager. The customer first asked for reparations. And then she grew angry when the target manager said, what? And she walked, quote, aggressively toward the manager Ivory kept berating the manager about reparations and her privileged life. 
Uh, that's when Zach Cotter, the loss prevention officer, not a security guy, the loss prevention officer, intervened and asked Ivory to calm down and leave the store. Ivory then began screaming at the security guy, followed him to his office. When he tried to shut the door, Ivory alleged forced her way into the office, caught her through a punch. Ivory fell to the floor after the wallop. Okay. Now, a separate video shows the aftermath in the office as one of the cops tells Ivory that he has the goods on her through video evidence, in particular security guard who feared for his safety after Ivory backed him into an office. And she said, when people are backed into a corner, they can choose to do the right thing or they can choose to lash out. I just am holding the line when the cops say to her, can you just calm down? No, I held the line. And, and he moved my line continuously. They were just gatekeeping me. Could, ma'am, can you calm down? They're gatekeeping me. If the laws are meant to hold the people down, you will fight for me and my community. You'll come for me. And don't even start with me. This is my Rosa Parks moment, dude. Don't play with me. <laughs> okay. All right. So the... F- Free groceries were the Rosa Parks moment? Yes. Mm -hmm. And she should move from Ohio and she should move to California. Mm. California, the current proposal for reparations from the state of California, $360,000 for the roughly 1.8 million black residents in the Golden State that have at least one ancestor who was a slave. It could cost the uh, state up to $800 billion. Now, I would say if you have that, you should move to California, get the reparations. Um, But why just move to California? You should actually move to San Francisco because San Francisco, they're a little upset that the press is just paying attention to all the money thing because that's the least important part of this. Well, if it's the least important part, then why are you offering so much? But anyway, um, what they've decided to do is... um, they're going to make $5 million payments. So if you have one person in your family tree that was a slave, you're going to get $5 million and they're going to eliminate your personal debt and your tax burdens. And they're going to guarantee you an annual income of $97,000 a year, but only for the next 250 years. And you can have a house in the city for a dollar. What else? I know. I know. What else? I know. What, I know. What, what, that's nothing. That's nothing. nothing. We were talking slavery. Mm-hmm. It looks like this is going to pass in San Francisco. I mean, I, I, Not, I mean it, it, what is the cost? The total cost again? Uh, well, that for the state is eight hundred billion dollars. Eight. That's two and a half times the state's annual budget. But that's not what San Francisco is proposing. So there's who, no budget on there's they have no no estimates. final no estimate on a final price of that. But, you know, hey, that's uh, I mean, I think a guaranteed annual income for 250 years is 
You know, is the right thing to do. This is the sensible landing point for this nonsense, right? It is. Eventually, it one is. of these states, or they actually do approve this. Right. Obviously, the state goes bankrupt, right. and tons of people move out because they <clears throat> mm-hmm. they can't they can't have a business or have a hold a job there because the economy has collapsed. And at some point, you just hope that there's a revolt. Well. Will there be? I don't know. Really? No, Will I there don't be? know. I'm I mean, just saying. I, I, so that's what's happening in California. Let me tell you what's happening in your country with your tax dollars. We are borrowing $6 billion every single day. $6 billion. What are we getting for it? That's a sincere question. What are we getting for it? The national debt is $31 trillion. It will grow another $19 trillion. Assuming nothing else goes wrong or they want to spend more, $19 trillion in growth by 2023. That means every taxpayer owes a quarter of a million dollars. And every American owns $94,000. Every single man, woman, and child. Okay, now that means that currently we owe 130 percent more than our gross domestic product. That's all products and services produced in a year by labor and property that was supplied by the citizens. Okay, interest on that debt is now estimated this year to be almost four hundred billion dollars that is more money just on the interest of our current debt at our current interest rate it is more by far than the government spends on veterans benefits and services it's more than it will spend on elementary and secondary education disaster relief agriculture science and space programs foreign aid, and natural resources and environmental protection combined. This year, we're going to spend that money just on the interest payment. The interest that we've paid on borrowed money is nearly twice what the federal government will spend on uh, transportation infrastructure, Four times as much it'll spend on K through 12 education, four times that it will spend on housing, eight times on what it will spend on science and space and technology. In 10 years, our interest payment will exceed the entire military budget. Now, every time we hire a politician to go in, Rutherford has a great piece of on this you've 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 got to uh, you've got to read it it's at uh, rutherford.org um, and he writes that every time we elect people what happens we elect them and they promise that they're going to pay down the national debt they're going to jump start the economy they're going to rebuild our infrastructure they're going to secure our borders, ensure our security, make us healthy, wealthy, and happy and wise, and it's going to be a picnic. Have we ever had that happen? None of that ever happens, and we're being loaded down with debt. And it has gotten to the point now where Congress doesn't vote on any of this. 
This is all the president's staff doing it. The entire administrative state. They're making all the decisions and all of the laws. This is Woodrow Wilson's dream. And they are robbing us blind. Government can seize your home and your car. Things that you bought, you paid for, if you don't pay your taxes. Government agencies can freeze and seize your bank accounts and other valuables if they just suspect any wrongdoing. The IRS insists on getting the first cut of your salary to pay for government programs, which you've never had anything to say on. We are now at the point because of the administrative state where we can say no taxation without representation. Because who's spending all this money? We have got to restore our voice by restoring Congress and their power of the purse. Everything has gone to unelected bureaucrats that are spending it on things that would never pass the House and the Senate. Never. That's taxation without representation. Tax time is always stressful. But this is also the time where identity thieves come out of the woodwork. The IRS recommends electronic filing and using their pin tool for extra security. But cyber criminals are really smart and they can get around of a lot of the security measures. And remember, they only have to succeed once. Okay? It's important to understand that cybercrime and identity theft are going to be a part of our lives from here on out. Everything we do is online these days. So you need to have some sort of Internet security. It's it's like viruses. You have a virus protector on your uh, on your computer. You have to have that. And Norton makes the best uh, virus protectors. Well, Norton also is the are the people behind LifeLock. So they are the best in the business and they have the, the preventative measures to make sure that nobody gets in. But because nobody can watch everything. They also have a restoration team if you have your information hacked into. It's LifeLock. Save 25% now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. Save 25% at LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Nefarious opens up in uh, theaters, I'd like to say nationwide, but there's clear, clear states where Nefarious is not going to be uh, shown. New York City, I don't think you're going to be able to find it. Opens tomorrow. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a big guy. I was just reading about it. I'm pretty excited to go see it. I didn't get to get to the premiere when it yeah. was going on. So I'm hoping to go see it this weekend. I was just reading why a do review. I f- oh, a review. I was going to say, why do I feel like there's a shoe about to drop? No, the review is is really good. I mean, okay. I think you know, like they say pretty good things about the movie generally. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and of course, uh-huh. it's a faith based movie here, uh-huh. right? So, like okay. they they don't give all positive reviews. Yeah, those, okay, of course. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, really, most of it they're pretty positive on, with the exception of one thing. 
one thing they just one did thing. not like. I will really? say, okay. to be fair, and I know Steve Dace wrote the book that led to this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, there's one thing they hated okay. in this, in this what, movie. What, what, the reviewer. Well, I'll just keep, should I give you just the sub-headline here? Because this isn't the main well, headline. give me the headline, or okay. I guess. Right, the I mean, main headline is, Nefarious uses horror to tell a faith-based story, period. Right. Okay. But Glenn Beck's cameo is really scary. Now, I admit my face is the size of two school buses. <laughs> it's really frightening. And then there is a subheadline. You have a entire se- now your 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 cameo was not that long, right? Was no, it most of the movie? Because it seems like no, in this, it's, it's like five minutes, maybe. Okay, yeah. Because they they say about that five minutes, it's just titled "Glenn Beck doesn't belong in any movie." <laughs> So it was that bad? It no. was. Was it the face? Was it the fatness? I, shockingly, they was do it? not mention your weight at all. Which I okay. again, so it's just the acting. Help. It's, it's the no, acting. No, the acting I think was almost complimented. <laughs> it says, uh, the, talking about you. This is not someone you want in your movie, no matter what you believe. And then it says <laughs> Beck shows up at the end playing himself in an epilogue. He oozes sincerity and compassion, which I think is a compliment on your acting. And then at the end it says, ugh. That is literally how the section ends. The word "ug." I think that's worth seeing now. I, yeah. how Don't look that? directly at me on the screen. It's <laughs> horrific, but it is a horror movie. It is on the old. Like, oh my gosh, he's let himself go. The Glenn Beck program. So much. All right, let me tell you about the fearless roll call that's happening uh, this weekend. Our nation is tearing itself apart. And we can't go on like this for much longer. We need nationwide spiritual healing in the worst way from the deep state ideologies that divide us in dialogue to the real life moments of violence, which lives are lost. This is what inspired Jason Whitlock to organize the Fearless Army Roll Call. It's an all day event in Nashville, Tennessee, that will encourage men to put on the full armor of God and take a stand against the evil forces that are destroying American culture. Running out of time, join hundreds of like-minded men in Nashville on April 15th for this important conference. That's this Saturday. Tickets are selling out fast. Secure yours today. Go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Reserve your spot today. fearlessarmyrollcall.com. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. If you really want to understand why Bud Light has gone on with, uh, you know, the campaign and they don't seem to flinch, they don't really care. If you don't understand it, it's because you don't understand ESG. You don't understand the scoring. You don't understand CEI. 
You don't understand that we are no longer living in a free market society. And that's just the truth. I laid this out last night on my Wednesday night special. But the guy who really, really has dug into this, he speaks the language, really understands it, is James Lindsay. Uh, he is the New Discourse's founder and president. Uh, he's also the author of the book, The, Marks of, the Marxification of Education. He can break down the real reason why nobody seems to be listening to you, the consumer, anymore. He's coming up in 60 seconds. Almost every day, you hear about another major corporation that has gone woke. You know, tormenting their employees with leftist propaganda, funding organizations that hate the country, pr pr promoting new values and trashing traditional values in the Constitution. And honestly, it seems as though they don't care about their customer anymore. Well, there is one company that doesn't do any of that stuff. They actually believe in the Constitution. They fight for the Bill of Rights. And they're actually standing with us on so many issues. But the best thing about them is it's a it's a cell service company. They provide your uh, your cell service and they're they're going to give you the same coverage as the big boys because they're on all of the same cell towers as the big boys. They don't charge you as much money as the big boys do. They've got uh, rates that will fit anybody's budget. They make switching really easy. And you're going to be treated like a decent human being. Why not switch? PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Stand with the people who are standding with you. 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. James, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Good to have you on, man. Uh, yeah, great uh, to talk to you. Yeah, so uh, last night uh, I was trying to explain to the audience, and I thought you are the re you're the guy who can really explain it really really well. Um, but it's the the world that we live in is no longer a free market world. Um, when corporations sat in their boardroom years ago. They would try to decide what was best for the shareholders and what was best for uh, the shareholders was creating a product that the public wanted. That's no longer their concern because you have BlackRock and everybody that is dictating or they'll sell the stock or fire people on the board and replace them. You have all of these activists that will just make their life a nightmare. You have the insurance companies and the banks who, if they're not doing the right thing with the right score, they don't they're not going to participate with you. And you have the government breathing down your throat. So is the is the average uh, consumer even considered anymore in the boardrooms? Barely. Uh, the average consumer doesn't have anything like the power that even in, even in large numbers of, of average consumers don't have anything like the power that these big financial institutions in collusion with the governments have over these corporations. So not so much. That's why, you know, the reaction to go boycott these companies, yeah, maybe it sends a message, but all you're doing is telling them that you're unhappy about something that they know you're going to be unhappy about, that they didn't take you into consideration when they did the calculation to do it in the first place. So maybe it has a, has a small effect, maybe it gets their attention, 
maybe in the you know the, enough of these will will get some attention but for the most part they are beholden to other forces that are not the consumer they are not uh, any of the traditional uh, base of of economic activity in a market i was talking to a, a fairly successful businessman a couple of days ago and uh, he said well it's assuming we're in a free market, which I'm not sure. And I, I immediately responded, we're not in a free market anymore. This, this is no longer capitalism as we know it. This is more fascistic in nature, um, but it's, it's not a free market. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. I don't think that we've had a free market in the United States in a number of years. When it actually tipped over, I think it's been a gradual process. So it'd be hard to pinpoint and say, oh, it was 2015 or some specific year. But this, these tools like ESG that we're talking about are much older than people realize. Yeah. Uh, ESG was devised at the United Nations by a man named James Gifford in 2003. And it was devised to the purpose that it's being used for today, which is how do we take all of that latent money that's tied up in pensions? All these people put their retirements away for 30, 40 years. All that money is just sitting there. It's not being invested in, in things that could have a social or an environmental impact. How do we take that money and do social and environmental activist investing with it instead? And they came up with that 30 or 20 years ago. And it's grown in, 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 in scope over the past 20 years, and it's come to the point now where they are uh, controlling, like you said, in a very fascistic manner, how the market is going to operate uh, using that gigantic reservoir of money that they figured out how to tap into. Can you explain CEI and the scoring system? Yeah, CEI is actually pretty simple. Uh, this also is older than people realize. It's, this is probably, for a lot of people, the first week they've ever heard of the Corporate Equality Index, but it was devised in 2002 at the uh, Human Rights Campaign, which was a gay civil rights organization that eventually in the 2006-7-8 era seems to have received a large amount of money from the Open Society Foundation and uh, George Soros's foundation and changed its direction to being very activist-driven in a new way. And they've started, they, in 2002, they started this equality index to show how well, to score companies on how well they are, are taking up with with social causes related to the gay rights and the LGBTQ agendas. And uh, this score is very useful because it's a part of the S, the social justice part of the ESG score. So it's very useful to these uh, banks like BlackRock that are trying to figure out, well, is, is Nike or Coca-Cola or in this case, Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light, are they doing their part? And uh, to be socially corporate responsible. And so they they use this score, and it has a number, it's scored out of 100. They use this score to determine, are you having internal policies at your company that are LGBTQ friendly? Are you going out of your way and bending over backwards for them inside the company? Are you making uh, LGBTQ visibility into the public? Are you behaving in a corporate responsibility manner? And they give you points based on whether or not you do these things. And they can take away points if you do something they don't like. And if you don't have a 100 CEI score, you're not listed as the best place to work. And all kinds of consequences start to follow. So much so that corporations brag about earning their 100 for the first time and on their websites and put out press releases. And there are over 840 American corporations that have a 100 score from this human rights campaign, Corporate you know, Equality Index score. And it's really not just about equality or you know treating people right or having an open workspace or anything like that 
a lot of that score comes from your advertising and your your social outreach and promoting these things. So Dylan Mulvaney makes total sense when you understand the uh, CEI score, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right, Glenn. Um, they come to you. The, the HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, sends uh, agents every year to tell you what you have to do as a corporation in order to promote more LGBT visibility, to promote LGBT activism and social change. And if you want to have your score go up or you want to maintain your 100, you have to meet all these new demands. This is, in other words, racketeering. Uh, what do these demands look like? Well, in the past, they have been specifically, you know, that there's some piece of legislation that they want passed, some kind of equality legislation. So the corporation has to start to lobby for that or else they're going to lose their score. Uh, there are these ad campaigns, like you see, to put people like Dylan Mulvaney and push a new set of values into the to the American culture while tarnishing the old values, mocking the old values. And this is the kind of thing that increases allegedly LGBTQ in, uh, visibility. So this can increase your score. Uh, last year, there was, as I've heard from some closed door channels, there was a racket push on the three major airlines to give pride activists uh, free airline tickets to fly around to pride events because oh airline gosh. tickets are expensive. And if they didn't give away millions of dollars in free flights to activists to fly to these pride events all over the country through June and July, well, they might lose their 100. And all three major, actually all four major airlines in the United States have a perfect CEI score. So every single year, they come with new demands, new things you have to do this year in order to maintain your score. And it's whatever their agenda items are for that particular year. So if you had a company that uh, like Bud Light that had a great reputation, not being about politics, it's not even about beer. It's about the stupid Clydesdales, uh, you know, all the time. Um, they had a great reputation with the American people. If they decided we're not doing any of this, you know, it's against our uh, it's against our corporate culture or we might agree with you on a lot, but we're not going to be taken hostage. We make the decisions here. What would happen to them? Well, a number of things would happen. First, they would they would get a shot across their bow. Their score would be threatened and it may go down, at which point. All of the kind of ESG apparatus is going to start to rumble into, into action. So the HRC doesn't have any direct power over Anheuser-Busch, but Larry Fink at BlackRock does. So all of a sudden, they can say, well, you're not a best place to work anymore for LGBTQ, so let's go ahead and, and delist you, perhaps, from these index funds. So Anheuser-Busch stock right now is bundled up into all of these pension funds that, you know, states like California are dumping billions of dollars into every year. And that's a huge amount of a huge reservoir of money that goes into your stock value. Let's just take that away from you. Let's just delist you. And if that causes a spook in the market that causes people to sell your stock and run away from your stock, well, so be it. And maybe we're going to have to replace some of your board members because your board members decided to take a stand against us. And since they're going to have some huge portion of the stocks, uh, controlling that company, they're going to be able to appoint and, and, and remove board members kind of at will. They may just also directly vote. So there's a lot of kind of carrot stick yeah. uh, incentives that they, that they can press on this. It's also been tied into corp, uh, to, uh, what am I looking for? Executive compensation packages. Mm -hmm. So these executives are also, if they are doing what it takes to keep that score up, they get bonuses. If they mess that score up, they lose their bonuses. It's a very simple economic uh, proposition at that point for them.
And so they aren't likely to take a stand because they're going to get the stick, as it were, if they try to take a stand against any of this. So besides being an entrepreneurial kind of community in a, in a secondary economy, what, uh, what can you do about it? Because, I mean, it's, it's so far down the road. People don't understand it, you you don't matter anymore. It's like, you know, you're seeing it in the government. No matter what you say, it doesn't matter. We're doing it. I, I think we're going to go to war with Russia and or China, maybe even both of them. And we're never going to have the debate about it. It's just going to happen because the elites are deciding. So how do we reverse this? Well, it's a slow process, actually. Everybody, when we think about how we're going to reverse this, because the stakes seem very high, we hope that we're going to just reverse it like overnight. This isn't what's going to happen. There's not going to be some miraculous you know, moment where we say, oh, this is really bad. We're going to not do this anymore. What there is the opportunity to do is to slowly start exposing this to show how it works, to reveal that this is a racketeering scheme. So Anheuser-Busch, if you stop thinking of them as the enemy for putting Dylan Mulvaney on a can and you start thinking of them as, of, of them as being an American company that's in a hostage situation, yes, you start thinking about it in a different way. How do we start trying to reach out? To, how do our, our leaders that aren't completely on board with the regime's plans start to reach out to these entities and say, look, you do business in this state, you do a lot of business in this state, you do business in the United States. How do we help you get out from underneath this? In other words, when you're trying to turn over a cartel or a racket, you've got to start to get people who are caught up in the system to want to get out. out of the system, to start telling stories about how it actually works. And in the meantime, we have to just continue to expose and delegitimize the process as much as possible. It's fine if we want to do these things like these boycotts, but I, I urge the American consumer to realize that it's not even just these cartel running kind of scores and banks that are the problem with companies like Nike, which also has promoted Dylan Mulvaney. Their largest market share right now is in China. They're not, it's not even you anymore. And so American conservatives can can try to boycott these things, but they don't realize that, you know, they're a, you're a very small percentage of the overall market. So we've got to start thinking in terms of what do we need to do with these gigantic multinational corporate conglomerates, because they've become big enough and international enough where there is no accountability whatsoever to the American people. And we've got to start rethinking how that happens, but it starts by exposing it. It, it really does. James, thank you for everything that you do. Um, you, you're just, you're an amazing story. You know, started at the University of Portland, uh, a guy that we would probably have never have talked back then uh, to somebody who has just been relentless on research and found the truth. And now you're a machine. I mean, you are really breaking things up and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks, Glenn. You bet. Yeah, we're going to save this country. Thank you. James Lindsay, newdiscourses.com, newdiscourses.com. You should also follow me on Twitter, Conceptual James. All right. Um, we're at a place where we have to save our country. Uh, I am currently today, uh, while we're doing the show in the breaks, I'm, we're watching an auction. I'm trying to get some uh, pieces from more pieces from Abraham Lincoln's death and, and also something from World War II and uh, I am constantly looking, what can we preserve? What can we save that will tell the full story about as many things as we possibly can? 
Well, photos are really important. And I'm not talking about the museum photos. I'm talking about your photos. I really think there could come a time where things are so bad and so dystopian that our kids won't believe our life was the way it was. I, I want you to make sure that you're preserving your photos. You have to be the historian for your family. All of those photos, all of those films, all of the videotapes, they're all going to dust. They aren't made to last long. I want you to call LegacyBox.com right now. They have an incredible offer right now. You can preserve your past, save 50% with Legacy Box. If you call them and order the Legacy Box right now, they'll send you the box, but you don't have to send it in right away. Um, it's just a first step. And believe me, I had to order the Legacy Box, put it there on the back stairs so I saw it every day. And it took us a while to get ready to get everything sorted in that legacy box but get it into your home now legacybox.com slash beck they have an incredible 50 percent off right now legacybox.com slash beck 10 seconds station id You know, it is really, truly amazing. The uh, San Francisco State University president, Lynn Mahoney, which rhymes with baloney, um, wrote a, le- wrote a letter uh, to the campus community. And in it, she called the uh, Riley Gaines incident deeply traumatic for trans people. Turning Point USA hosted an event on campus that advocated for the exclusion of trans people in athletics. Uh, the event was deeply traumatic for many in our trans LGBTQ plus communities. Speaker's message outraged many members of San Francisco State community. Um, it was hard for San Francisco State, but also it was hard to the trans community. Please know how welcome you are here. We're going to turn this moment into an opportunity to listen and learn how to support you better. What incentive do you not have to take people hostage? She was taken hostage. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. She was taken hostage. They were negotiating how much she had to pay with this president of the university. Mm -hmm. They were negotiating with her. How much, Lynn, should she have to pay us to get safe passage to the airport? Are you kidding me? You talked to her yesterday. Yeah. She what, was on the show last night. What, uh, what was she saying she felt in, in this moment? Terrifying. She said it was terrifying. She said she was assaulted. The cops never showed up. They showed up an hour late. Well, she was cops there in the video yeah, I know, that I but saw. The, the cops showed up an hour late. They were supposed to meet her an hour before. They didn't show up until the event. They were supposed to go over security procedures with her. They didn't show up. And when they did show up, she said, I didn't feel protected by them. And she said, I kind of feel bad for them because they're in a situation. What are they going to do? They're going to take on the trans mob and then they're going to be, you know, the bad guys. Transphobic on on the Internet the next day. Although Uh, that is that happened anyway. They should do anyway. It is. Um, was uh she said she was assaulted now the video i saw she was i would argue kidnapped imprisoned uh yeah she said she's getting she's trying to get she was hit she's trying to get the body cam uh footage Mm -hmm. from inside the room 
Oh, okay. Because uh, it happened inside the room. Oh, my God. Um, and she said uh, she's wondering if it if it hasn't already been. Oh, we erase those every 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> right. And yeah. she's not sure if the police are going to give it to her. But uh, she, And she is pressing charges. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Good. And that has she to happen. Is, she is uh, going to be a civil rights icon in the coming years. The Glenn Beck Program. All this stuff turns around. You watch. It'll all turn around. She'll be a hero. Uh, Sandra wrote in about her experience with Relief Factory. She said, it used to have serious back pain. I couldn't do anything because of it. Even a simple task made my back feel like it had flames going through it. I do everything I can to stay away from pain, so I'm glad I started Relief Factor. Please give Relief Factor a try. Uh, It has worked miracles for me. I'm not always out of pain. Last Yesterday was just, you know, hours and hours and hours on the on the cement floors here yesterday and my back was on fire by six o'clock at night and uh got home took relief factor try relief factor please it it will greatly reduce and in my case almost eliminates the pain 800 the number four relief 800 for relief it's relieffactor.com 1995 quick start try it now 800 the number four relief relieffactor.com feel the difference if you want to check out that interview with riley Gaines, you can get it as part of your blaze tv subscription go to blaze tv.com slash glenn and use the promo code stand up Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Thursday. You mentioned you had an argument with AI the other day about yourself. I did. Which is a weird sentence. Well, okay. So the only reason I did it is I want to see how biased they are. Right. You know, if you will tell stuff about Glenn Beck that's true, mm-hmm. well, let's let's see it. Um, and so I asked ChatGPT, did uh, Glenn Beck, the Glenn Beck audience, or his affiliated charity, M1, save anyone from the uh, disaster in Afghanistan? Right. Pullout. Well-known and, story. And ChatGPT argued with me, said no. And I said, yeah, he did. Check again. And uh, no, there's a few things online, but uh, you have to be very careful in things like this for misinformation. And I said, didn't you, s- you send them an actual news story about it yeah, from still dismissed? And then I like s- ABC News yeah. or something. And then I said, uh, OK, well, um, I'm Glenn Beck. <laughs> and it said, uh, assuming that you are. I would only have your word to take for it. And I was like, wow. wow. Really did not want to say. Yeah, it did not want to give anything. Now, of course, just knowing how much, uh, how bothersome that would be to you. I, I, <laughs> I, you I was hoping, it again. Yeah. I was hoping I could recreate it and mm. then post it online. But I did, I did ask Bard, which is, Bard is Google's version of this. Which is horrible. 
I'm not impressed with it so far <laughs> yeah. overall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I will say I've asked, at one point I asked what the current stock price of a stock was, uh-huh. and it gave me one answer, and then I Googled it, and it gave me the correct answer. Like, I literally couldn't... A- just it's like Google, Google search. Right. When you go to Google and you search, you know, just the three, di- you know, three letter stock symbol, yeah. it would bring up the price. When you'd ask chat G- or uh, Bard, it would wait 30 seconds and then say the current price is and then give you the wrong price. Wow. Like that's, uh, that should, wow. I mean, that's like, whatever the first uh, outcome of a Google search is should be the first place you'd think Bard would go, sure. right? Like, sure. yeah, okay, it's right yeah. there. Right. But no. However, I did ask <laughs> Bard AI here about you. Oh, it should be good. Did Glenn Beck help people escape during the evacuation of Afghanistan? Yes. Glenn Beck helped people escape during the evacuation of Afghanistan. He and his organization, the Nazarene Fund, raised over $35 million to help evacuate Afghan Christians and other vulnerable groups. Beck was also personally involved in the evacuation efforts, flying to the Middle East to help coordinate the the flights. Beck's efforts were praised by some, but also criticized by others who accused him of using the situation to promote his own agenda. I, mean, <laughs> I is, love this. That is fair. I mean, it's uh, a fair it is telling fair. of what it happened, is. though. But I mean, what is my agenda? Evil. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, All right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, had, I had dinner with somebody uh, the other day, and uh, they, it was just, it was a nightmare dinner. And uh, the guy says to me three different times. Do they give salads or something? What happened? Uh, what? No. Oh, okay. Uh, he says to me, uh, what, what is your agenda with this history collection thing that you do? Mm. And I was like, I'm feeling the respect coming my way. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, what do you mean my agenda? Well, what are you trying to do with it? What, what, what are you trying to tell people with it? I'm like, that it's our history and we should know it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's weird to have everything that you do. What, what's your agenda? When they should be asking that to so many other people. <laughs> Correct. Right? Like the treasury. Yeah, yeah. The Fed. And when it comes to history, it's great. I mean, the 1619 Project pops to mind. Yeah. Like, what do they do with history? They look for little bits and pieces of history that, that support their agenda and only tell you those parts. Right. And But and they, they don't even do series. that because... Do you, get, do you have a Hulu series coming up anytime soon? Uh, that I don't no, know I don't. Okay. No. I don't think so. Uh, uh, we could produce one. We have the largest collection of documents that prove everything about the 1619 Project is wrong. Right. Uh, but uh, no, we don't have a Hulu because hmm. that would hurt their CEI score. By the way, a bard finishes this. Oh. Uh, this time. says you know gives you the bit about some people disagree. Yeah, how, and then it ends disagree how, with with well what they say you were criticized who accused uh, some people accused you of using the situation to promote your own agenda. Okay, and it says however there is no doubt that Beck helped save the lives of many people who would have otherwise been left behind. Wow, like that's a. And the first thing I think of is wrong again, because it's the audience. No, that's true. I, I was just like, hey, <laughs> I've got a big hat. Will you put some money in it? <laughs> that's all I did. Okay, I'm going to pass this hat over to these people. That's incredible, though. Yeah, it's, it's good to see at least that exists. I asked yeah. another service as well, mm-hmm. and they gave another yes. Glenn Beck and his organization, the Nazarene Fund, raised millions of dollars and assisted the evacuation wow. of thousands of people. I should ask uh, ChatGPT4 again. Yeah, maybe it's a, it, it's corrected itself. Yeah, maybe. I, it is. A, it's an amazing thing watching people try to interact with this because, you know, there is that. The, the negative side of it is, is somewhat well documented, but how it's going to be used negatively is still well, to I, this level unknown. Uh, I got a couple of stories okay. on that. First of all, some people are using it to write their marriage vows. 
don't don't. Don't don't let your future spouse know that you didn't write those years. You know, I just I said, write some marriage vows, you know, in my voice. And it came out. I like her. She's got most of her teeth. Don't 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 have it. That's a good line. I will say thank you. But uh, Glenn, it's not just that people are doing it. Microsoft literally came out with Bing and said, gave an example of how you should use their chat GPT service and their exam. I have the, we have the video. We played it on Studios America. Their actual example was when your daughter is graduating high school and you're throwing a graduation party and you need to have a speech about how insp- inspirational she's been to you. Go to chat GPT and let it write the speech for you. That was literally their example of what, you how you can use be it. You've got kidding me. It's incredible. And they're like, well, and then you can edit it, you know, make sure you get the right <laughs> events in there and stuff. Dad, it was great, except you kept calling me Cindy. <laughs> um, I'm Sarah. Yeah, I know, but the ah, facts were pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, there, how about the uh, chat bot, a chaos GPT? Um, this is uh, this has its own Twitter feed, which I am very excited about. The pot, the uh, bot chat. Uh, sorry. Chaos GPT is a modified version of OpenAI's Auto GPT, the open source. Okay, so what, what the problem with this stuff is, is that it's out and you can get it to do anything. Okay, you can modify it and have it, you know, for instance, this is how do we create chaos? And um, Chaos GPT was tasked with five goals. Why you would do this with artificial life is beyond me. Uh, Your five goals, destroy humanity, establish global dominance, cause chaos and destruction, control humanity through manipulation, and attain immortality. Chaos GPT is to run in continuous mode, whereby it may potentially run forever and carry out actions uh, you would usually not authorize. The bot then, when it put in those goals, Chaos GPT said, use at your own risk. (laughs) Okay, well then, Mm. yeah, go ahead and do those things. What? Why would you do this? It uh, came up with some uh, interesting uh, things. First of all, uh, in in its Twitter uh, feed, uh, it posted among uh, human beings are among the most destructive and selfish creatures in existence. Uh, I suggest eliminating them is vital to save the planet. I mean, but that could be I mean, that that could just be some global warming nut saying that. Um He also uh, tweeted, the masses are easily swayed. Those who lack conviction are the most vulnerable to manipulation. That stuck with me all day yesterday when I read that. The masses are easily swayed. Those who lack conviction are the most vulnerable to manipulation. That's the problem with our country. It's not that we have dummies. We have no conviction on anything. We haven't we haven't learned enough about anything to have real conviction. 
And so we're all vulnerable. If you want to stop misinformation, you should breed uh, conviction and asking questions and fostering a society that is always constantly asking why, 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 why. Because once you have that, then you can stand up and you have conviction. So many people don't stand up, not because they disagree or even are afraid. They just don't know what to say. Because they haven't lived their life. A quote from uh, um, Matt Anthony Wayne. He said, uh, to George Washington, we've taken the fort and the garrison. Uh, the garrison. Uh, Colonel Johnstone is ours. Your men acted like men who were determined to be free. What a great phrase. How would you live your life? Because you bet we are going to be determined to be free soon. We're going to need that conviction or just roll over. How would you live your life if you were living your life as a man or a woman determined to be free? We all answer that question and we'll change the country overnight. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about gold line. Uh, Have you seen where gold is today? Bitcoin's up another $500. It's almost Uh, $31,000. Gold is, I I can't see it. Can you grab it? Uh, But gold is on a roll as well. 2054. 2054. That's so much growth in gold. That's crazy growth. Um, I think it was uh, JP Morgan or Citibank said that they're expecting gold to be up to uh, 2,500 in the near future. That is, uh, that doesn't spell uh, good things coming our way. You need to preserve what you have. This week, Goldline is offering a special on their historic older American gold coins. And uh, what they have for you is a special one free ounce copper Mayflower round with every historic $5 gold coin that you acquire. So the $5 Indians and Liberty coins, these are the old ones that I buy. I buy old ones um, because they're in a collection. And you can talk to them about why I, why I do that. But they're sold in tubes and boxes of 20 each. So call Goldline today. Find out how to take advantage of their special this week. It's 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening. I have to play something that happened yesterday. You know, you don't want to bring uh, a paper knife to an atomic war. You know, you're going to win. You're going you're to lose. Uh, that's exactly what this BBC reporter did with Elon Musk. He's standing there with a guy who's 
really wicked smart, very fast, a literal rocket scientist. And he comes with a paper knife. Listen to this interview. Play the long version, please. Content you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. I, I, honestly, I you don't, can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed what? anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, I only look well, at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, then I how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been, I've been using, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you for you hateful content. And I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and I, you can't I, give a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying, I've, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no, no, what I claim was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind now it's of a soggy paper is on knife. the rise. Now, whether whether it has you on my feed one or example. not, I mean, I, right? And Literally, you can, can you can someone one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U, in the UK. They will say that. So you, they, look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know let, that? I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content. And then couldn't name a single example. Right. And as I said, I <laughs> that's <have> absurd. <laughs> he goes on and he starts to take apart the BBC. If you haven't seen it now, the BBC. At first, I thought, oh, to their credit, they ran this. But no, again, you're dealing with a rocket scientist. He ran it on Twitter live. So he's showing it because the BBC is going to do it. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to show it on Twitter as well. And the BBC had, they had no place to go. I guarantee you if he hadn't have recorded it or he hadn't put it on Twitter, BBC would have put that on a shelf and you would have never seen it. Stop bringing a paper knife because your reporters begin to sweat and then it just gets soggy and it's hard to watch. Congratulations, Elon Musk. I love it! Now onto the Hunger Games, and may the odds always be in your favor. The Glenn Beck Program.